now Isla Tomjanovic will serve for the match. And this is as quiet as it's been all night inside Arthur Ashe Stadium. She's going to go down Serena, this has been your stage. This is your moment. What would you like to say to your family, your friends, and all the millions of fans that are watching you around the world? Um, oh my God, thank you so much. You guys were amazing today. I, I tried, but Allah just played a little bit better. What's up, what's up, what's up, my L.A. sports fam? It's your boy, L.A. Ray Harris, host of L.A. Courtside Podcast, which is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. And I'm also happy to say that we have a new sponsor, Raycon Wireless Earbuds as well. This is episode number 107 of L.A. Courtside Podcast. And again, I thank all of you for tuning in and listening. Uh, that clip you just heard, of course, well, the musical clip, Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody by Brick. I don't know if y'all remember that tune from back in the day. That that joint was the jam. You hear me? But the clip you just heard from uh, Serena Williams, who just recently lost in the third round of the U.S. Open, there is no doubt in anybody's mind, or there should be, shouldn't be any doubt in anyone's mind who the GOAT is of tennis, despite what Mad Dog Russo had to say uh, the guy on uh, ESPN that's on there with Stephen A. Smith. You know, I know people like to get clicks and all of that jazz, but uh, Mad Dog had the most ridiculous statement ever saying that Serena Williams is not the goal. I believe he said it may have been Martina Navratilova, who was very, very good back in the day. And he stated that she played uh, Martina, I'm speaking of now, played better competition back then. And we're talking like late. 70s, early 80s, or mid 80s when Martina was at her peak. Are you serious, dude? Are you serious right now? The tennis players up today are much more advanced than the players from way back then. But I get it. You know, people want to get clickbaits and things like that. But there's no doubt in anybody's mind that uh, Serena Williams is the greatest female tennis player of all time. And she proved that even in a loss. Even in a loss. Now, I'm not the biggest tennis fan. You know, I watch the majors and stuff like that. But here you have, a, I believe she's getting ready to turn 41. She has a five- or six-year-old uh, kid, and she was not in the best shape. That was, that was obvious there, you know, for a variety of reasons. I mean, you know, she's a, she's a mother. She's 40. She'll be 41 years old. But even in a loss, she gave it her all. In that third set, down five games to one. And she survived four match points from the young woman that she was playing. I mean, it was epic. It was just, it was fun to watch, even in defeat. So it got me to thinking, you know, who can I compare 
uh, in the NBA uh, to Serena Williams as far as being the GOAT of the NBA. Now, this is a topic that just goes on a lot in the NBA. A lot of times I really don't like to get into it too much because when it comes down to it, it's just an opinion. Like my father used to say, an opinion is like an asshole. Dude, everybody has one. But what irritates me the most when you get into topics like this or discussions at the barbershop or at the cookout or something like that is that if someone doesn't agree with you and, you know, if I say, well, I think Michael Jordan is the GOAT and then somebody will say, nah, man, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I think LeBron James is the GOAT or whoever, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, whoever. What do you mean I don't know what the hell I'm talking about? Dude, it's just my opinion. We can throw stats out there all day long, man. You know, stats don't tell the whole story, obviously. You know, championships, you know how many championships all of these guys have and things like that. So, again, just my opinion, you have a lot of people who think Larry Bird might be the best basketball player of all time. Or whoever, you know, whoever. It's like an asshole, man. Everybody has one. But, you know, I'm thinking of the qualities that Serena Williams has. And that's, you know, and she displayed that in that loss. Going down, you know, fighting. Going down fighting. You could tell she was tired. You could tell. I mean, she was breathing hard, but she, she, she reached down deep inside somewhere and got the energy just to, you know, try to hang as best she can with the young lady that she was playing. And she showed why she was the GOAT. So in, in terms of the NBA, you know, when you talk about the GOAT, you know, the same three names always, well, in my opinion, is three that comes up all the time. You know, you have Michael Jordan, of course, and you have LeBron James, of course, but you guys know me. I'm I, I, I love to meet some Kobe Bryant, okay? And I'm not saying I think Kobe Bryant is the GOAT. Personally, I think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. That's just, again, just my opinion. I mean, the guy did it all while he was on the court. He's un, unstoppable. And the quality that he has is the same that Serena has. He has that killer instinct or had that killer instinct. When Michael Jordan had you on the ropes, dude, you know, you wasn't, you wasn't coming out of that unscathed he got you on the ropes he's gonna put his, uh, his foot on your neck and that's it and he's not gonna let you up and you know coupled with uh what is it six championships and multiple multiple mvps and all nba teams and all-star mvps and i believe he was the defensive player of the year probably a couple of times or something like that greatest of all time imo in my opinion baby now, the one controversy that, you know, will probably come up with these next two players, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. And it's very, very interesting in the city of Los Angeles. You know, you, you can't say nothing bad about Kobe Bryant in Los Angeles. You better not. Anyway, uh, LeBron James, you know, there's some, there's some people in L.A. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're glad that he's on the Laker team. I'm glad that he's on the Laker team. But, you know, when you mention those two, you know, I would I would bet that the majority of basketball fans in L.A. will say they would rather have Kobe Bryant than Michael Jordan. And it's probably because Kobe Bryant played his entire career in Los Angeles. So that's understandable. But just from a basketball perspective, Kobe was similar to Michael Jordan. When Kobe had you down, when Kobe had you, uh, he was a boxing analogy, when he had you in the corner and – you know, he's peppering you with jabs and, and, and right crosses and all of that. And you're not coming out of that corner. You, you're just not. If he has his foot on, your, on the proverbial neck, you're not getting up. 
you know, the guy just had a competitive fire about him, similar to Michael Jordan. Now, again, again, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be controversy. I'm sure I'm going to get something on Twitter, on my Twitter account saying, Ray, you know, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, dude. LeBron James uh, is similar to those two guys or even better, you know, yada, yada, yada. I personally just don't think LeBron James has that, the fire and determination that the other two guys have. Now, that doesn't mean that LeBron James is not competitive. The guy's competitive as hell. Okay, he's right up there when it comes to players who are super, super competitive and want to win. But that doesn't mean that he leapfrog over the other two guys. I just think the other two guys have more of a competitive fire about them. You know, the the uh, negative thing about LeBron James really throughout his whole career is that he acquiesces too much to other players. And, you know, in playoff games, he doesn't, uh, you know, it's not that he doesn't take the last shot. He, he, it's like almost like he doesn't demand the ball like a Kobe used to do or a Michael Jordan used to do. Give me the ball, everybody else clear out, and let me do my thing. LeBron James has never been that type of guy. Now, again, doesn't mean he's not competitive. LeBron James likes to make the right play, and that's fine. That's fine. LeBron James is a great, great basketball player, but in my opinion, as far as the GOAT, you know, he's G-O-A-T number three. You know, I got Kobe as G-O-A-T uh, number two. And Michael Jordan is the GOAT of the NBA. Now, again, it's going to cause some cause. I'm sure, I am absolutely sure on Twitter, my Twitter is going to be blowing up. There's going to be some that's going to agree. There's going to be a lot that say, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And that's fine. But it's not that serious where... Uh, you know, you have to do, uh, you know, some four-letter bombs and, you know, all of that jazz. You know, what makes you think you know more about basketball than I do? Ne you know, neither one of us, If I'm and I'm speaking to like if I'm in a barbershop or something and just having a conversation with some dude sitting next to me, and, you know, he's telling me, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about by saying Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Well, what makes you more knowledgeable about the game of basketball than me? Neither one of us has coached in the NBA, has coached at any kind of high-level basketball or anything like that. We sit up there and watch it on TV like everybody else. And just because I do a basketball podcast don't mean a damn thing. So I respect your opinion, you know, respect mine. You know, or maybe that's just the way it's supposed to go when you're talking about different players and different teams and all that stuff. I guess is it supposed to get into some kind of argument or something like that? Or are you supposed to throw four letter bombs? Am I, am I supposed to tell you that you're, you're stupid and don't know what the hell you're talking about? Maybe that's the way it's supposed to go, I guess. But I choose not to go down that road uh, most of the time anyway. I choose not to go there. So, again, just comparing those three guys to uh, Serena Williams, just, you know, to use that analogy, Serena was just out cold, even in defeat. And I felt sorry for the women that she was playing, uh, the three that she was playing, because the whole crowd – was against them you know 99 percent of the crowd was for serena and the other one percent were the family members and friends of the other ladies that she was playing and it was almost like a no-win type of situation so i really felt sorry for those gals and those gals are really really good man that's why you know russo you're telling me that uh the players that navratilova played back in the day are better than these these ladies that play in a day. So a lot of these players that Serena plays nowadays, some of them were not even born when Serena Williams turned pro. 
the young girl from in Florida, Coco Golf. I believe I, I don't even think she's twenty yet. She might not be eighteen. Girl's bad. Girl's bad. And you know you have uh, Asaki. Uh, you know again, I'm not the biggest tennis fan. I, you know I hear these names. I've seen these young ladies play. They're young. And Serena's almost forty one years old, and she's you know she gets with them. You know she she could still muster up some energy to make a, a a competitive match. So kudos to Serena Williams for the great career she had. Uh, she's uh, kind of vague when it comes to is this going to be it for her? You know she may retire, she may not. You know hopefully I, I you know it's not like a Tom Brady type of thing when she says she's going to retire and then come back and change her mind and things like that. If I'm Serena Williams, I'm just going out on top right now. She said during that match. Well, when she got interviewed, she's already a winner, even if she lost. And that was before she lost. She said, I've already won. I don't have anything to prove. And she didn't. And she went out there and played her ass off, man, and had the whole United States tennis fan or not riveted to the television set. So that's just my one take on uh, Serena Williams. Again, congratulations for a very, very uh, outstanding, outstanding tennis career and if she does decide to hang up the racket we're definitely going to miss her her stellar play on the tennis court before I get to my next segment regarding the NBA and it's still dead right now in the NBA man I can't wait till the NBA season to start you know right now are you getting this in my next segment I'm gonna get into uh, some opinions that some of the NBA execs have they I guess they did some kind of survey you know who they think is going to win the MVP, who, who's going to be the best player in the next five years, things like that. A couple of disagreements I have there. Again, it's just my opinion. I got an asshole like everybody else. So I'll give my little opinion on that. But before I get to that segment, here's a word from our sponsors, sponsors with an S, DraftKings.com and Raycom Wireless Earbuds. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is right around the corner. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, especially the podcasts from my partners at the Basketball Podcast Network, of course. And it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me on that one. Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally like the earbud tap function. You can control the volume and other things like that while you're listening to your favorite TBPN podcast. 
All right, all right, all right, my L.A. sports fam. Again, it's your boy, L.A. Ray, host of L.A. Courtside Podcast. Again, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. And again, our new sponsor, Raycom Wireless Earbuds. As I mentioned, the NBA, that's kind of dead right now. There's really nothing going on. LeBron James did sign a two-year extension, 97 mil. What do you think about that, Laker fans? $97 million. I think uh, the Clutch Sports said that makes him the highest-paid NBA player ever, which is not a surprise. Hey, go, hey, dude, go out and make that loot, man. Go out and make that money. The NBA is throwing money around like it's candy. Candy. My man from the New York Knicks, R.J. Barrett, I think he just signed for 120 mil, something like that. I mean, they're they throwing it around, man. Interesting, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers just acquired Donovan Mitchell. That's that's huge news. I tell you what, man, him and Darius Garland in the backcourt, that makes them have one of the top maybe three backcourts in the Eastern Conference. I think Cleveland may be making some noise this upcoming NBA season. But other than that, there's really not much going on in the NBA. Just want to touch on this one uh, ESPN article that I saw. Uh, I guess they uh, polled some NBA executives, uh, just asking them a few questions about um, the upcoming, not necessarily upcoming season, but like, you know, who they think is going to win the uh, MVP and things like that. I'll just go over a couple of these things because, again, this is the dead season in the NBA, man. It's a good thing the NFL football season starts next week. So now we have something to watch until the basketball season starts in the NBA. So, for example, they had a few questions. One of them was, who is the best player in the NBA right now? They had three guys up here. And they must have polled maybe 15 people because they have Giannis Antetokounmpo, 11 votes. Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry, three votes. LeBron James, one vote. Now, Greek Freak, okay, I can get with that. I can get with that. The, the, the problem I have with this is uh, the omission. With the Joker. The Joker, Denver, two-time MVP. is not even in the top three on this poll. Some will argue that Stephen Curry probably shouldn't be number two on here as far as being the best player in the NBA right now. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, the dude didn't win a championship. LeBron James got one vote. Maybe that person's from L.A. LeBron James did get one vote. Uh... Another noticeable omission is Kevin Durant off of this list. You mean to tell me Kevin Durant is not in the top three players in the NBA right now? Ah, you know that's a bunch of bullshit, man. Again, I don't know who they polled here, but I can get with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Did I say that right? Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. Whatever. I'll call him the Greek freak. And I agree that he's probably the top player in the NBA right now, but you know, um, the, the the Joker and Kevin Durant probably should have been two and three on that list. In my opinion, IMO goes back to the, the what I've been talking about since the beginning of this episode 107. In my opinion, people, you can disagree. That's fine. Number two, who will be the best player in the NBA in five years? Again, I have an issue with this. Uh, the Greek freak, seven votes. Luka Doncic, six votes. Jason Tatum, two votes. Again, the question was, who will be the best player in the NBA in five years? 
Okay, Greek Freak, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. That guy's a super competitive man. I, I, I just don't see him slowing down at all. Luca, in five years, I can, I can see it. I can see it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Luca's going to have to keep himself into, into shape in the summertime. I imagine if this guy uh, committed to being in shape, we know, when the season starts. I mean, the guy's already unstoppable. You know, you know, lay off the donuts in the summertime, dude. Uh, Jason Tatum, that's, that's really a surprise that he's on that list. Now, uh, the omission here, of course, in my opinion, is John Morant, the best player in the NBA in five years. If he doesn't get hurt, you know, John Morant's still young. What is he like? I don't know, 22 maybe, something like that. Young guy. And five years, my God, man. The guy is only going to get better and better and better. So I think that omission of John Morant is what really struck me on that one. And the next question was, who will be the MVP this season? Again, the Greek freak, man. Everybody loves the Greek freak, man. Everybody loves the Greek freak. When he gets the ball at the top of the key and starts going downhill toward the basket in the paint, he's all elbows, all knees, just to get out the way he's going to dunk on you. Point blank, period. So the MVP this season now, again, the omission, and, and, and the Joker, man, just doesn't get any love on, on this stuff. My goodness, the dude's a two-time MVP, the Joker. You know, what makes you think he's not going to be a three-time MVP? You know, he's not getting any respect on it. And these are uh, NBA execs, man. They have Luka Doncic, number two, as far as who will be the MVP this season. He had four votes. Joel Embiid, who many people felt should have been the MVP last year. He got four votes. Stephen Curry, one vote. And John Moran, there he is, popping up on this question with one vote. But, again, the admission here, man, the, the joker for Denver Nuggets, man. I, I, don't, I, don't get, I don't get it. I don't get the disrespect that's going on with this guy. And, lastly, who will be the best rookie in five years? Now, this is interesting here. You have Paolo Banchero, six votes. Of course, he was the number one overall pick of the Orlando Magic. Chet Holmgren, in five years, uh, well, he got six votes, but I wonder if this poll came out before he got injured. And that's another topic for another day, man. I am not planning any pro-am event. I don't care if the NBA sponsors it. It's a bunch of bullshit. All you can do is get hurt. I am not playing in any of that off-season crap. And now, now the guy's foot is messed up. And you know what happens with seven-footers when they mess their foot up, i.e. Yao Ming and you know, players like that. Not good, man. Not good. Jaden Ivey, the Detroit Pistons, got two votes. I like that young kid. Likes the way he played. Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray also got a vote. Keegan Murray is a pretty good basketball player. But uh, Paolo Banchero, I would say between Paolo and Jaden Ivey, who's going to be the best rookie in five years. I'm going to lean toward Jaden Ivey simply because I'm originally from Detroit. He plays for the Pistons. And I'll go with Jalen Ivey on that. One omission that you saw there was uh, Jabari Smith. From Auburn did not receive one vote so some people think not nah, obviously the guy's not a bust you know we haven't even started the season yet but you know he hasn't had a, a good summer camp and all that kind of stuff uh, as as Paulo has had or Jaden has had or even Keegan Murray for that matter so Jabari Smith was the omission there that kind of that kind of stood out and this one had to have been asked uh, before um, Kevin Durant 
not decided to go back to the Nets, but the Nets just said, I'm not trading this guy, period. Which team will Kevin Durant be on on the day after the trade deadline? Now, now if they're talking about the trade deadline coming up here, okay, now you have something going there. Brooklyn Nets, 13 votes. In other words, a lot of people, a lot of his ex think he's going to stay with the same team the whole season, which is the Brooklyn Nets. Phoenix Suns, one vote. Boston, Boston Celtics, one vote. Uh, a bunch of that is a bunch of crap. He's going to be with the Brooklyn Nets for the entire season. Kevin Durant did not have any leverage as far as wanting to leave the Brooklyn Nets. The team had all the leverage. They have a good team. They have a good team. I mean, you got Ben Simmons, I can't shoot on that team. And, of course, you got Kyrie Irving. He has a good team. Joe Harris is back as well. So, Kevin Durant, man, just, you know, suck it up. Play for the Nets. Try to win a championship. Got a good team over there, man. So, that's just something I saw on ESPN. Just wanted to touch on that and get my opinion since the NBA is pretty much dead right now. And we're just waiting on the season to start. So, with that, my NBA fam, especially my fam in L.A., thank you all for listening to episode 107. I really, really appreciate it. And wherever you get your podcast from, whether it be Odyssey, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get it, you know, you can subscribe to L.A. Courtside Podcast and don't miss an episode. NBA season is coming up upon us, folks, and... I will be right here focusing on the L.A. Lakers and the L.A. Clippers. So with that, my L.A. sports fam, again, thanks for listening. And until the next episode of L.A. Courtside, peace.